morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to another episode of Freight B Moving, all things logistics with me, Jewel Williams. And I am excited. This is a new week. We are just about to have some turkey, if you like turkey, ham, if you like ham. And for the vegans out there, all the veggies you can eat. All right. So today we are going to dive into a little bit of this. What's going on with the diesel, with the diesel prices, with the fuel prices and all those things. And why am I talking about this? Because it's a part of the logistics. It's part of logistics. But there were some interesting things that were talked about on social media this weekend for those of you who travel in the circles of trucking, transportation, logistics, and you might follow some of these YouTubers or some of these other individuals who make commentary or videos about transportation logistics, you may have heard that there was supposed to be a convoy happening in New York City, somewhere thereabouts, that was going to circle around Fox News and supposedly beep a bunch of truck horns. And the purpose was to draw attention to what is going on with spot rates, fuel cost, and all those things that are frustrating owner operators, shippers, brokers, dispatchers, and the like. The community right now seems to be just pointing fingers at everything. Yet the question I have is, does anybody really know what happened? What came first, the chicken or the egg? That seems to be like the big question. Did a chicken hatch or did the egg hatch to make the chicken? I don't know. I'm adding a little humor to this because I need to break up the tension, the tension that is just festering in this industry right now. And again, I say everything moves by truck. And as long as humans eat, we need food. That's so transportation isn't going to go anywhere. So let's get into this conversation. So I watched a video this weekend. I watched a couple, but I, I watched one particular. I follow truck driver, mother trucker. Shout out to him. He does a great job in talking about all the things that are ailing and, and irritating drivers. And he interviewed a person by the name of Rick Santiago. Evidently, Rick has been in the social realms for a while and he is definitely boisterous about fairness for truckers. And that's awesome. So in the interview, he stated that truckers were going to stage themselves and they had an address and somewhere in Easton, PA, Hilton Street, Easton, PA. And they were going to stage themselves because they wanted Fox News to basically cover the fact that rates are down and, and truckers aren't getting a fair shake and, and they're not able to make a profit, so forth and so on. And so Mother Trucker basically let Rick have the stage 
and tell what was going to happen, when things are going to be. Now, Rick stated this was going to happen at 5 a.m. in the morning. They were going to blow their horns. They, they weren't going to be concerned about uh, sound ordinances and any of that stuff. Now, first, if you're going to do it, you shouldn't definitely go on social media because at all times, at all times, social media is always being monitored by the authorities. And trust and believe there's always that one person that knows somebody that's going to let it be known that you're not going to do it if we can stop you. And having thousands and thousands of trucks convoy into a city is is not any Department of Transportation's dream come true. Therefore, I'm sure that the reason that this did not happen as it was supposed to was probably because somebody told and it got stopped. So according to the... Well, first, let me back up. Before, I, I, this was the only channel I was able to get this news from. <laughs> Excuse me from laughing, but I'm not, I don't think this is funny. But it's like, I was expecting to at least Google Truck Convoy. At Fox News, Rick Santiago, uh, low diesel prices, a number of search terms. And I could not find any other news, not on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, nothing, YouTube. I could not find anything that said what happened other than from the channel, drumroll please, The Lazy Gamer. Just a Lazy Gamer was the only one that made a video and he said nothing happened. Reports from his witnesses said the big convoy did not happen. So there we have it. That was all that hype, fustering and bustering for nothing. But let's talk about what Rick was really trying to address. This thing about freight and high fuel cost and, and no profits. I'm always one to try to look at what happened to get us to this point. And nothing ever happens overnight. There is always a buildup. Yet, if you're not paying attention to the signs, if you're not digging into the news, and I'm not talking about the hyper-sensationalized news. Yes, that's always going to be at front. There's always going to be that killing, shooting, uh, burning something, okay, to catch your eyes. What you got to look at is what they're not really talking about, but it's still in the news, and like I said last week, you're looking for your primary sources or your secondary sources. And if you go through your tertiary sources, just do some fact checking. So today, I wanted to just kind of go back a little bit in time when our newly elected officials vowed that they were going to start putting in place programs so that we can transition from a fossil fuel dependency nation to a cleaner energy nation, to one that did not use as much fossil fuel. It used clean energy, electricity, solar energy, all those things, wind energy, anything that did not create emissions and this carbon 
what is it, uh, noxide, nitric oxide, NOx, air pollution, and so forth. Because it has so many damaging things to the body. So this, and this began even before this administration came into play. As you recall, during the Obama administration, they talked about clean energy. I believe even the Clinton administration, probably even the Bush administration. Pollution has been a problem for quite some time. I believe the Trump administration was the only one that really just started sh cutting off the lights on a lot of this stuff and said, who cares if we all die? We're going to die anyway. But I think people forget about what happened in the past because that is what has created the present. What happened in the past has created the present. So let me draw your attention to March when this article, this release was March 7, 2022, Vice President Harris announces action to accelerate clean transit buses, school buses, and trucks. Now, I watched the briefing and Vice President Harris got on stage and was proud to say that we, the administration had approved a plan that was going to release billions of dollars in grants to organizations to help build cleaner energy vehicles. Vehicles that can run on energy that did not produce heavy emissions. One part of the article, she says, heavy truck duty trucks like buses and trucks make up nearly one quarter of all U.S. transportation greenhouse gas emissions and heavy duty vehicles are the largest contributor of nitrogen oxide, air pollution that is known to cause asthma, health and lung disease and other serious respiratory issues. Neighborhoods near highways, ports and other congested areas are especially impacted by health problems and premature deaths associated with dirty diesel exhaust. These burdens disproportionately impact people of color and low-income households. That began then. So it also mentions cleaner, more convenient public transportation. The bipartisan infrastructure law represents the single largest investment in public transit in history as part of the historic $5.5 billion, yes, with a B, expansion of the low and no emission transit vehicle program. The Department of Transportation is announcing a $1.1 billion in funding for 2022 and an additional $372 million under the Bus and Bus Facilities Program. The Low No Program the low no program, that's, that's what they called it, helps state and local governments purchase U.S. built electric transit buses and other cleaner models to improve local air quality and expand affordable, accessible transportation options in communities across the country. This began or this was excuse me, this was announced in March of 2022. Now, they were planning it prior to 2022, and now this is where we're at. 
So if we take a look at some other facts, we can see how this has come to be. Now, most of you may not be aware, and I'm going to put links. I like, I'm going to start putting links to these articles so that you can do your own homework and you can see where I'm getting my information from. Now, I took a um, look at the website. It is the U.S. Energy Information Administration, and they have a website that shows the U.S. crude oil prices. And I was just taking a look going through and I'm noticing that, you know, uh, in 2000, U.S. crude first price purchase, we got eight dollars and three cents a barrel. And that was in 1998. Then it was up to fifteen dollars and fifty four cents a barrel. Then we start climbing up to about sixty seven dollars and twenty one cents per barrel. Now, in 20, 2008, now most of you may not remember, I remember I was a truck driver on the road, a barrel jumped to $127.47. And then it plunged in 2009 to $34.14. Jumped again, back up to in 2011 to $108.08. And it's kind of hovered around that area all the way through 2014 when it dropped again to $27.02 in January 2016. And in 2010, it dropped to, or excuse me, in 2020, it dropped to $15.18 in April of 2020. Now we know that that is when COVID hit its peak. And so we see in June of 2022, the price jumped back up to 113.77 and August, 2022, it is hovering around $93 and 75 cents. So I say all that because it shows this these peaks and valleys of oil. Whereas prior to those years, it kind of hovered in those low ranges um, in the 80s where, you know, we obviously either didn't depend on it as much or we weren't driving as much. But when we started hitting around the 2000s, all of a sudden we saw this steady rise going up in oil prices. Now, that's one piece of the puzzle. Let's take a look at this information. What is what is diesel? What is diesel fuel? Diesel fuel is the common term for the distilled f- fuel oil sold for use in motor vehicles. Now, diesel fuel is made from crude oil and biomass. Most of the diesel fuel produced and consumed in the United States is refined from crude oil at petroleum refineries. U.S. petroleum refineries produce an average of 11 to 12 gallons of diesel fuel from each 42-gallon barrel of crude oil. It's a byproduct. Now, this is what's interesting. And this came out in, well, it was last updated July 7, 2022 on the Energy government energy website. 
Yet there's another piece to this puzzle that I have not really heard about, but kind of heard about. And this article is in the Washington Post. And it says, it was written, let me, let me slow my roll, June 20th, 2022. So the information I'm giving you is fairly recent. It headlines say, oil refineries are making a windfall. Why do they keep closing? I repeat, oil refineries are making a windfall. Why do they keep closing? These, this is the headline. Companies see only headaches on the horizon for refineries, undercutting the White House push to boost production. Now, remember, in March, our Vice President Kamala Harris, and I'm not, I'm not pooping on Kamala because I, I adore me some Kamala Harris, but I want you to just understand if you make an initiative to push money in one direction to increase something to help clean energy, don't you think it's gonna have a reaction in another industry? I mean, just hello. So this article addresses the fact that oil refineries are shutting down in the United States. So here's some, some of the article. Philadelphia, uh, and let me, let me give my attribution. This was written by Evan Hapler at the Washington Post. So as the energy crunch drives record profits at American oil refineries, the owners of what had been the largest such facility in the Northeast have no regrets about tearing the place down. Hill Coal Redevelopment Partners has been hauling out 950 miles of pipe from the former Philadelphia Energy Solutions Refinery, abandoning the property's 150-year history of producing crude oil into fuel in this city. The firm is spending hundreds of millions of dollars to convert the 1,300-acre site along the Scully, Scully Kill River into green, high-tech campus for e-commerce and life sciences companies. I don't even know how to operate a refinery, said Roberto Perez, chief executive of Hilco, which bought the property in a bankruptcy auction in 2020. 2020. In 2020, fuel prices in May of June of 2020 were $113 per barrel. They weren't even at the rock bottom and they were selling the refinery. But it happened after the sale, the bankruptcy auction came after a massive explosion at the refinery rattled the city. It's not what we do, so they don't need to keep the refinery. Or refineries across the country are being retired and converted to other uses as owners balk at making costly upgrades and America's pivot away from fossil fuels leaves their future uncertain. The downsizing comes despite painfully high gasoline prices and as demand globally ramps up amid sanctions on gasoline and diesel produced in Russia. The third biggest petroleum refiner in the world behind the United States and China. Five refineries have shut down in the United States in just the past two years, reducing the nation's refining capacity 
by about 5% and eliminating more than 1 million barrels of fuel per day from the market. Eliminating 1 million barrels of fuel per day from the market, leaving the remaining facilities straining to meet the demand. Yet even at this lucrative moment for what's left of the refining industry, a White House desperate to bring down gas prices is having little success persuading owners to expand operations and more closures are imminent. Again, I, I appreciate my president and vice president. Yet if you make a call in March, you're going to have a reaction in June and if you're making the call to eliminate one product, that leaves no incentive for the other product to stay on the market, especially when that product has already suffered over the years due to the ups and downs. And then on top of that, you then have a crisis happening in another country that produces in third place behind the United States and China. And fuel can't get over here fast enough from China with all the issues that are going on with everything else. So there, I don't know, I'm not, not, I don't want to sound like I'm criticizing, but I'm a little bit like, what did you expect? What did you expect? So for the drivers out there who are frustrated and wanting to punch on Fox News or just go out into the city, at this point in the game, the situation is really out of your control. The most you can do is be strategic about staying as close to your community, making deliveries, working with railroads, working with shipyards to move the freight from the rail to a warehouse, from the shipyard to a warehouse and shuffling trailers locally in short haul spurts. That really is the best solution in a time like this. And no, the money may not be astronomically great as what you were getting, but at least it reduces that excessive cost of driving your vehicles long haul because now you'll let the rails carry the burden of the, of the movement. You'll let the ships carry the burden of the movement and you work on carrying the shortness short distances stay within your region if you're trying to get from new york to california you're not going stay in the tri tri-state area stay up there in new york new jersey massachusetts and run that gamut that's your stomping grounds run it from there if you don't want to go to the house at night sleep in the truck but right now definitely with with this information, you can identify the fact that diesel is not going down because you have a gap, a, a vacuum has come in and removed over a million barrels per day, per day. And it's not coming back anytime soon, especially when you have refineries that are closing and you have a country in war with another country and that other country is producing it. 
So the article continues by saying the fertility of the White House effort came through in the response to letters President Biden sent this week to the nation's major oil companies, chastising them for squeezing historically high profit margins out of their refineries. At a time of war, refinery profit margins well above normal being passed directly onto American families are not acceptable, Biden wrote. Biden threatened to invoke emergency powers if the companies don't bring prices down. You can invoke emergency powers all you want to. You can't get blood out of a turnip. The fact is they just don't have the capacity to make it as fast. That's, that's, just the, that's just the nature of the beast. The companies are unmoved. The profits follow year, years of heavy losses at many facilities after demand plunged during the pandemic. Unpredictable shifts in oil markets had created a challenging business climate before that. Even at this moment of windfall refinery earnings, when the profit margin on each barrel of oil processed has jumped from a dollar or two a year ago to a much to as much as $18 today, investors are hardly jumping at the opportunity to enter the sector. They fear the profits are short lived. The administration's environmental priorities, as well as rising public and corporate concern about climate change would make ref- many excuse me would make many refineries obsolete in the not so distant future so scrolling down a little bit it says some of the nation's 129 refineries are owned by large oil companies such as Chevron while others are operated independently at the facilities the components of crude oil are separated and processed into fuel for vehicles and planes, as well as industrial petroleum products such as lubricants. The last major refinery to come online in the in the United States in 1977 is the one owned by Marathon Oil in Garyville, Louisiana. It is capable of pumping out 578,000 barrels per day. Since it opened, more than half the refiners in the United States have closed and more are up for sale. So you question how diesel is going to go down. It's not if they don't get production going. In the absence of many any uh, offers, there's another one that was on sale. Um, excuse me, let me slow my roll. So there was another refinery up for sale in Texas with nobody caring to bid for it. 700 acres near the Gulf Coast. And nobody's nobody's wanting to buy it. All because the uncertainty of where this industry, the oil industry of refining is going. If the push is to bring on more electric vehicles and they see that they won't be used or or needed as much. They're just waiting for the electric vehicle industry to catch up to what the projections are before they decide to shut it down. So to all the drivers out there who are struggling, to all the people out there who are struggling with gas prices, these, these incidences did not happen overnight. 
but nobody's listening to the undercurrent on the underbelly that is happening in our economy. Even today, something is going on right now that is impacting tomorrow. It never happens instantaneously. What should have, what could have, what might have been a better idea for the administration is to take a pulse, to, to take a pulse. And if you did, great. If you didn't, I haven't read it. You know, that, that would have been something. But I haven't read that you did. But taking a pulse of the current situation. I know climate change is important and I, I, I read about it support the climate change all that good stuff but when we start pulling things out of the wall and socket before we have figured out how to rechannel the resources we need somewhere else or at least you know walk it down instead of just abruptly jumping off the cliff that may have been something that could have eased this problem right now. And right now, you're going to dump all this money into all these areas to rebuild our infrastructure and to rebuild our nation. But you don't have drivers because those drivers are parking their vehicles because they can't make a living on the minimal wages that are being paid to move the freight. So we've definitely got a problem that definitely needs to be fixed. And I, I, I empathize with the drivers out there. Some of you are making it. Kudos. I'm, I'm throwing up lots of celebrations. For those of you who are not making it, you got to re-strategize. And you got to figure out how to survive in this game. That includes myself. How to survive in the game of transportation and freight logistics. It's not going away. It's just shifting. So put your thinking caps on. Pay attention to the news. And take a deep breath. One, two, or three. Because being angry about it, you're not going to be able to see clearly and do a good assessment of the situation to make a logical decision. Being angry about it just clouds your view and it just creates a lot of air, a lot of angst, and a lot of just unnerving energy you just don't need. What you need is a calm, cool, collected thinking cap. So that concludes the episode for today. I hope you guys got some good information from this and I will see you tomorrow. In the meantime and in between time, if you are driving, whether you are a four-wheeler or an 18-wheeler, I'm going to need you to be cordial, be kind, and respect each other on these roads because I need you to get home safe to your loved ones each and every day not just today each and every day all right peace and love i will see you guys tomorrow thanks for tuning in bye